Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ben Olson, that's Nathan Fox. We're the founders of LSATdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. We have an email here from David. Hi, Ben and Nathan. First off, I wanted to say that I love the demon and all your podcasts. You guys have done an, an, an unbelievable job guiding me through my nearly nine month long LSAT journey and helped me improve from a 159 diagnostic to a 173 on the February LSAT. I plan on continuing to study for the June test to score in the mid to high 170s, something I would never have done without the great advice on the podcast. Wow. This guy's following directions. Yeah. That's awesome. Has, has improved already by 14 points, which is amazing. And, uh, you know, even though you've got a 173 officially, you're still going to take it again to get greedy, to get in the mid to high 170s because you know you can. Yeah, I think that's, um, that might be the greatest value of the podcast, right? Planting the seed in people's minds that they can go higher. Because how many thousands of people start with a 159 and realize that that's a great score on some level and quit. Yeah, it is possible y'all to score in the 170s. It's possible to score in the mid to high 170s. It's yeah. possible to improve your score by 15 points like David already has done. But David's like, that's not enough. You know, I'm going for mm -hmm. 20 points mm -hmm. uh, to try to get that truly elite score. And we see people improve by 25 points, even 30 points. Um, this test is extremely learnable. If you practice it the right way, you can you can learn it a lot. And yeah, I agree, Ben. <laughs> Everything that we, you know, endless hours of us bullshitting on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's like just one takeaway. OK, here it is. You can actually learn this test and score really high. Yeah. Uh, OK, David continues. Anyways, I was doing some searching on the LSAC website and found some admissions resources I've never heard mentioned on the podcast or on the Internet that I think could be incredibly valuable. If you go to the quote, search for ABA approved law schools page, we have a link here. Go okay. to a school's page and scroll to the very bottom. Many will have a link called, quote, explore admissions data for X school. This will lead to a grid of LSAT and GPA scores and what percentage of students with these stats got acceptances. What's notable is that these tables reflect 100 percent, parentheses, triple exclamation point of applicants from the 2022 cycle. This seems crazy to me, given the popularity of sites like LSD.law, which rely on self-reported data. So this is school-reported data, Ben, and it looks like it is complete data for the schools that have given it. Mm -hmm. David mm -hmm. continues, I've linked the graph for George Washington Law School as an example. Yeah. Not every school has this, but many schools I was interested in in the among the 25 to 50 range, that is uh, U.S. News and World Report ranked 25 to 50 schools, did have this data. You can see pretty clearly the schools that value stats more highly. For example, Illinois had a near 100% acceptance rate for people in the 165 to 180 range, regardless of GPA. You can also see how some schools yield protect like my alma mater does, UC, formerly UC Hastings, now, what is it again? San Francisco, no, UC Law SF. UC, yep, UC Law, okay. At the end of the day, none of these admission stats change the goal for law school applicants, which is, according to David, get the best LSAT you possibly can. 
<laughs> I agree, David. That should be the goal for all applicants. But this seems to be really valuable for letting people know how applicants with similar stats fared. Best, David. So I poked around, Ben, a tiny bit. Um, I was real curious when I heard about Hastings yield protecting. Yeah. But it looks like, according to them, last year, UC Law San Francisco, formerly formerly Hastings. Uh, yeah. There were 27 people who applied with a 175 or higher. And of those, 25 of them got denied. Or maybe waitlisted and then not admitted. Who knows? Point is, uh, only two of them were admitted. Wait, so where are you looking? Are you looking on the chart or yep. what do you what are far you right okay. call fall far right column, top row, far right yeah. column? Ah, okay. I see the the seven point four percent. That's what seven point four percent. Yeah. Two twenty seven yeah. applied and only two were, were actually admitted. admitted. Oh, yeah. And yes. matriculated okay. potentially zero. So you got to hover over that to see that number. Yes. That's if you hover over that, it'll give you the, the, the raw uh, data. Interesting. Yeah. I, I do find it interesting. I mean, I, I had never like seen hard data, hard data on uh, like clearly demonstrating yield protection. I don't think anything else can possibly be going on here looking at the San Francisco uh, because, you know, Okay, going down the chart a little bit in the 170 to 174 range, you know, that seems like should be a clear scholarship to a school like Hastings. Instead, only 15 percent of those people are even getting admitted. Yeah, 153 people applied. Only 23 of them were actually admitted for a rate of 15 percent. I mean, that's half the overall admissions rate, which is 30 percent or 28 and a half percent. Yeah, is their overall admissions rate. Well, even if you just look at the 175 to 180 scores, <laughs> those with a 3.0 to 3.24, well, there's only two people, but 50% of them were accepted. Whereas when you go up to a higher GPA, you're now down to 16.7%. That so. happens in the 170 to 174 tranche as well. I mean, we have, uh, you know, <laughs> if you had a 170 to a 174, and you applied with a 3.25 to a 3.9, uh, sorry, yeah. 3.49, you had a uh, 23% chance of admitted. I mean, it's like they're still yield protecting you. But if yeah. your grades were higher, then yeah. that number went down. Yeah. With yeah. the same GPA, the same LSAT range, but your higher GPA, yeah. your actually odds went down. And then even if you're it, for the highest GPA, if you were over a 3.74 GPA applying with a 170 to a 174 there, mm -hmm. they really are. I mean, it's just obvious that they're denying people based on yield protection because they had 46 people that applied and they only admitted five of them. And those are really, really good applicants. Yeah. So that's yeah. the school acknowledging that nobody who's that good of an applicant would ever bother going to that school. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like uh, this might be, I don't know, I, I'm, I would hate to encourage Stasturbation, just like obsessing over these numbers. Totally when, agree. As David said, what you need to do is bring your GPA up as high as fucking possible and yep. same with your LSAT score. And so what is this going to do for you? Maybe it helps people recognize the importance of that, but I hope the scholarship estimator is already doing that. Um, it might be nice to link directly to this. I'm just afraid of distracting people. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that, um, you know, w 
I don't want this to devolve into like just a yield protection discussion because I, I don't think that that's really happening all that often at other schools. Mm-hmm. GW, Ben, is uh, your alma mater. Yeah. And uh, is right in your backyard or mm-hmm. almost. Yep. Um, anything interesting there on their uh, table? Well, they're, they are yield protecting, but not as much nearly as much as Hastings because they realize, I guess, more people are going to actually accept their acceptance uh, at these higher numbers. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) It's an interesting table. Um, You can just visually, when you step back, you can just see, okay, the percentage of people being accepted, which is a darker square, you can kind of see where that shifts and get a sense of where you kind of need to be. Do you think, Ben, why does, uh, boy, um, George Washington University Law School, their no GPA column is kind of interesting to me. 301 people applied to GW with no GPA. Well, I guess it's a huge school. They had a total of just over 9,000 applications. 301 applying without a GPA. Uh, What is that? Like a, a, a third of a percent? So that's international applicants. I, I yeah, I, I suppose that makes sense, huh? Can you imagine? Can you see GW getting uh three hundred international applicants in a year? Yeah, I think I so. Suppose. I mean, if you're an international applicant and you don't know much about, regardless of whether you know a lot about the U.S. or not, I'm sure top of mind is D.C. Yeah, this is uh, I I think this does seem useful or at least uh instructive for people who are applying without a gpa because that is kind of neat to be able to look and see okay well what was the admissions rate with no gpa at this school so just like raw if you're applying with an lsat but no gpa you've got a 20 percent chance 20.6 percent chance of getting in to gw and then that's broken down by lsat uh, yep. obviously the low LSATs have almost no chance. And then, uh, the five people who applied with a 175 to a 180, all five of them uh, got admitted. Yeah. They all got <laughs> accepted. That's <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly, that doesn't seem to be happening at Hastings. Uh, there were 16 people who applied with a no GPA, but a, an LSAT between 165 and 169. Hmm. And of those, only three of them got admitted. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, everybody, I mean, I hope our listeners will just uh, poke around with that data. I I found a couple other interesting things. Did you see this map that's on uh, the website uh, on the the LSAC reports? No. That's kind of cool because it color codes the states to show you where the law schools are. The dark states have more law schools, New York Mm. and California, Texas and Florida, Illinois, Ohio. Virginia Um, is up there. Jeez. Well, all the New England states. I mean, I really was interested clicking around. If you click on, you know, tiny little Massachusetts. Yeah. Right. And you see that there are eight ABA accredited law schools in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Which is pretty crazy compared to, you know, like Oregon and Washington um, have six between the two of them. And the landmass mm. of Oregon and Washington is just like dwarfs, uh, tiny little Massachusetts. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Kind of cool stuff to play around with. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, thank you, 
David, really appreciate you writing in to share that information with us. Yeah, thanks. Email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening. 